Well, that is not what I expected in any way, shape, or form on how this national championship game was going to go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Slasher U postgame show for the national championship, Georgia versus TCU. And if you're just getting done watching the game, we also did as well. You know, Yuga, the, the dog for Georgia, didn't show up this one, and neither did the Horned Frogs as well, the entire squad. 65-7 to 7 was the final score in this one. It just, you know, we talk about this. All season long, Steve, we, I was hoping that maybe TCU would have a comeback. Maybe we'd see some right. good some good things from the Horn Frogs because for the longest time this year, they were a second half team. They had so many comebacks, but they were just completely outmatched in this one. Yeah, you know, and you say what you will about the score, and I'm sure people are going to be chirping and seeing seeds. Every every should be all teams only from the SEC in the playoffs. It shouldn't be all these other teams, you know, all the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve. But those teams don't aren't very good. These were the two best college football teams in the nation, and what we saw was not only talent play out and win the game. We saw a masterstroke of game planning, both from the offensive coordinator. And from Kirby Smart, they set up matchups that were just not favorable to TCU, whether it be on the offense and certainly on the defensive side of the ball. They were creating, you know, one-on-one -on -one matchups that I don't think that TCU really wanted to get down into. And it 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 was it was truly like watching a ballet or or anything that had been court the Michael Jackson videos with all the amazing choreography you know I I, I guess it would be like thriller because it really was almost like a nightmare you know for TCU fans but I mean I mean those are the things that we really need to try to take away from this game and not just harp on the fact that it was sixty five seven and everybody's disappointed in and. Oh, if this team was here, it would have been a closer score. And if this happened or that happened, it, it, just enjoy what you saw. Um, can you remember a, a better performance from first drive to the last thing? That, no, in, not no. I mean, in my lifetime, I, I and I, I'm a lot older than you. I don't remember a, a, a more perfectly executed game plan than what we saw tonight. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, before the game even started, Holly Rowe had Kirby Smart over on the sidelines and just basically asking, you know, about the beginning of the game. They talked to both coaches and Kirby Smart really had one word in his answer. He just said aggression. That's all he's hoping yep. for this team to have. And that's exactly what they brought in this one. There were so many coverage sacks on Max Dugan. There was just honestly, you know, you try to pinpoint where the problems were. Max, especially at the beginning of the game, did not seem very balanced. He seemed like he had a lot of nerves. but that defense was just too much for TCU's offensive line. Now, obviously, they dealt with a little bit of injuries. We saw that at one point. We're get, we'll get into that when we're talking about the game, uh, when we really talk about mostly the first half, because that's when there was at least some signs for TCU. But this defensive front for Georgia was just too much for TCU, and especially the offensive line. Max had no chance to do anything in this one, let alone uh, there was a couple broken – broken coverages for Georgia. And honestly, that's really the only way that TCU got far enough into right. field position to score a touchdown. Georgia th throughout this game was just the better team. And just like you said, I don't know if there's been a better performance in a national championship stage ever. Uh, this was the most points scored in the BCS uh, in the BCF championship game. So since 2008, this is the most points that has ever been scored by a team. I mean, Georgia hit the over by themselves. 
We were talking yes. about how we yes. were already, <laughs> we already thought the, the over under was low, right. uh, but we still had a question mark. Like, could it happen? Well, Georgia did it all by itself. So we got a couple comments in here real quick from Drixley art. One of our favorite people here, hey, so Drixley. The dogs, but it seems like TCU getting there was a total fluke. Okay. And I thought TCU was going to upset Georgia. You could see who was better and who wanted it more. So, yeah, I mean, it really did kind of seem like, and I feel like we're going to see that storyline more and more now. And I hate that that happened because TCU had such a magical season. Yes. But what we've saw in this game, it really does make you question, did they just get lucky with that game against Michigan? Did they just get, you know, they just sneak their way in? The, the naysayers that said they shouldn't belong after losing in the Big 12 championship to Kansas State have their pockets filled with excuses and, and they're going to be fully loaded this off season to talk about how TCU didn't belong to make it there, but I'll go ahead and give that caveat. They still beat Michigan. So they still had yeah, to get one game did. down to defeat an undefeated team in the Wolverines. Yes. They were completely beaten by the Bulldogs in this one, but I don't know if any team would have been able to run with them, how good Georgia looked in this one. You know, we had some two great semifinal matchups, in the finals, we got a blowout. I guess we were kind of expecting that because with all these college football playoffs we've had in years past, we usually have some blowouts in the semifinals and then a really good national championship game. It looks like this season it was just flip, Steve. Yeah, you know, and again, I came out on our preview and said I think TCU is going to win outright. So yeah, so yeah, that definitely I'm I'm betting TCU. I mean, so did Lee Corso. <laughs> so yeah, beginning of the game, he he threw the bulldog uh, hat and threw a TCU horn frog hat, hat on. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I just there's just a lot of question marks with this one. What's your thoughts? Obviously, you know, we got to see Stenson Bennett get a really nice walk off, if you will. I thought that was yes. really cool. But what was your thoughts on his performance? I mean, it was just unbelievable. If you, if I'm going to say that was the biggest word that I could say in this one, unbelievable. Yeah, you know he. It's almost like he got more confident as the game got on. And it's not like he was – it's not like the Setson Bennett of last year where he, he didn't know, oh, my God, you know, I fumbled or I missed this, you know, I missed this pass. I'm going to get benched. I'm nervous. He, he just got more confident. Certainly that happened, in, you know, in the Ohio State game. But in this game, he just got more and more confident. Uh, it's – when he made those decisions to run for those two touchdowns, he didn't even get touched. No. You know, I mean, and I still say on the first one, I don't think that originally was what his plan was. I just don't think he liked what he saw. And, he, you know, he had that split-second decision, do I, you know, do I roll out or do I take off? He took off. It, it, it It's a fitting end to a career – I mean, this is a kid that had to fight for it all. You know, he went back to the junior college ranks. You know, he 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 was not a scholarship player, you know, originally. I mean, he fought for it. So you want to see players like that that just what that wasn't a five-star recruit that gets everything handed to him. You want to see them uh succeed overall, but to have a big moment like that. I don't know if he's gonna have much of a pro career. I mean, that's just me. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a football coach. I'm, I'm just an old bitter guy that talks about sports here because he couldn't play them, but I don't know that he's going to be a pro, a pro candidate, but if this is the highlight of his athletic career, I don't know that it gets any better than this. Yeah. I put the poll out on Twitter, actually in the middle of the game asking is Stenson Bennett, a starting NFL quarterback. And it did seem about a 60, 40 split in leaning towards no. And I, I'm kind of in agreement with you. He's, he's a little smaller. 
He's under a buck 85. There's only been three quarterbacks in a very long time. I think since the 90s, since they really started keeping track of this, that have been drafted, that have been in that size, and all three of them turned to wide receivers. So I, I don't think that there's going to be a Stenson Bennett quarterback show on Sundays in the future, at least not in the NFL, maybe at one of the other leagues like the XFL growing. Maybe we'll see that. But regardless, Stenson Bennett, one of the best college careers that we've seen, especially in recent time. And what a performance he put on in this one. 18 for 25, 304, four touchdowns through the air. And then he also had two touchdowns rushing on three attempts for 39 yards. He was responsible for six touchdowns. He tied the FBS of College Football National Championship record, which was held by Joe Burrow in the 2020 National Championship game. Yeah, I mean, Sensen Bennett was a fantastic, was just fantastic in this one. The first play of the game for TCU started with a false start. Uh, on the offensive side. And I thought that was really interesting. We kind of just right off the bat, you knew that there was nerves uh, and they had a three and out that penalty obviously messed with them. Now they didn't have Condre Condre Miller at running back that, that hurt right off the bat, uh, you know, 14,000 or 1400 yards, not 14,000, 1400 yards this season rushing. Obviously if you don't have him in your lineup, that absolutely hurts. But that, th that drive was, was three and out. Max looked a little nerved. As I mentioned earlier, he didn't seem very balanced. He overthrew a receiver and then he underthrew one on the drive and then the penalty just got them too far out of it and they had to punt the ball away and then i was nervous it's like if you got a three and out right off the bat again both teams had to perform early and and georgia it was exactly the same way georgia had a false start on their first play of their game too i so i definitely had to get a a laugh out of that one but i think my favorite part of georgia's first drive and i think this is where i really started looking at okay there's going to be some some good play for the bulldogs here is they got the brock bowers right away steve now in the game in the semifinals we saw brock bowers we saw that he only got one target well in the second in this game he got two targets on the first drive looked really good the first touchdown again a beautiful keeper by stenson bennett he had two great rushing touchdowns just like you said and and the second one he walked in. I mean, he could have yeah. just strolled. He could have skipped. I think he could have backstepped in the, on that one. They were firing on all cylinders early, and they just continued going. Even when Stenson Bennett was relieved in this one, when they had the second strings in, Georgia looked really, really good, Steve. You know, they did. And to a certain degree, I think when you when you bring in those reserves you know, later in the game, guys that are probably going to be back, you know, next year, you're already setting the tone in January for what's going to happen in late August and September. And, and, you know, you talked about aggression and that was the statement that Kirby smart, you know, had ab about the game. Uh, they want to play all out. And personally, I thought some of that was missing early in the year. I mean, especially in that Missouri game. Uh, I, I just don't think that they were feeling it. That they that they were going for it, but as the season progressed, you could see that Georgia was kind of getting back to what got them to the title game last year. So, I, you know, I, I, I do, do you come out and say now that Georgia's number one team going into next year? I mean, of course, Absolutely. I criticize that, saying, "Oh, wait a minute, how can you just say that?" But I mean. They've got so many young players. McConkie's back. Yeah. Um, Bowers is back. right now. 
Yeah, at least as of right now, before we hear about who might be entering the draft, obviously we know that this Stenson Bennett's out of eligibility, so we know that he's done for Georgia, that he got his nice walk-off. I mean, what we saw last year, there's big question marks with Georgia, right? They had to reload completely on the defensive side. Are they going to be just as good? Well, you can argue that they were better defensively this year, especially they showed mm-hmm. at least in this game. So they they reloaded just fine. It makes you think, well, why can't they do it again for a third season? You can replace a quarterback job. You can you can add the offensive weapons if need be. Yeah, if I'm if I'm the AP voters, if I'm the coaches poll, I'm putting Georgia as the top team in the nation preseason number one. Not that that truly matters so much. I mean, TCU wasn't ranked at all, and they found their way to the national championship. But I am definitely putting Georgia as the best team. Yeah, they deserved it. I mean, when you go undefeated in the season after winning the national championship last year, I believe they only have one loss and I believe 33 games now. So yes, they, uh, they deserve number one in my book. Yeah. Well, I have to agree. And then remember too, that when Kirby smart went out recruiting and I mean, I, and I had to laugh when I heard Herb street, you know, do the little uh, story about, they were talking to him right after the game and he was leaving for a recruiting trip. Like that night they were leaving for a recruiting trip. That's like, enjoy the game, enjoy the championship. You know, just just relax a little bit. But he went out and heavily recruited and brought in a bunch of five-star recruits on the defensive side of the ball. So he's got the talent base to add to through the portal. And again, I'm sure they'll have another unbelievable recruiting class. So they just so now they're going to have to go out this offseason and maybe on the offensive side of the ball, perhaps have to recruit a little bit heavier than they would. But, I mean, Bowers already said he's coming back. McConkie's only a sophomore, and I just think of a player of his build um, and his injury history. I don't know that he comes out and declares for the draft. You know, I don't think he's even eligible. He has to, he has to be a junior, right, to declare for the draft. Uh, I don't know if that's a rule anymore. Um, oh, okay. I don't think that is a rule anymore. I think that he's good to do that now. I think you just need to have one year village build. That could be wrong. Not an NFL expert on that one. But Lad McConkey, I mean, it's nice seeing him not have that knee pain. You could tell. Yeah. I mean, he had to have an injection. They did talk about that during the on the sideline. But he he played fantastic. Just getting the targets. He had five receptions, eighty eight yards. Those two touchdowns were amazing. One of them was completely wide open. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, just some fantastic play. I talked about who might be the X factor in this one and who I think could have been the MVP. I do think Bennett's going to be handed the MVP of this game. I think he deserves it. But Brock Bowers, I mean, that was my pick if he was going to be the X factor, and I think he truly was a really big part of this offensive just explosion for Georgia seven receptions 152 and a touchdown I thought he played fantastic I really thought they had to get him into play and really especially since Washington almost seemed like he was a decoy out there he did have one catch for 28 yards but it was very late in the game Brock Bowers played fantastic he's a guy that I can't wait to see on Sundays because he is just so athletic it's just he plays a tight end position but he He's just like a bigger wide receiver. I'm really excited to see where they're going to put him on Sundays. I like that guy a lot. But Brock Bowers, to me, was the X factor in this one. I just There's just so many good things you can talk about Georgia in this one. And it's just hard for me to just give some love to TCU on this one because there were just so many things that went wrong. Darius Davis had 100 yards reception for TCU, so good nod there. But right off the bat, and after the, the quarterback draw from max duggan which was a great drive might i add Mm -hmm. yes that drive was fantastic um but they they struggled with turnovers they lost a turnover game by three which 
we talked about that can't happen when you're playing a top team like Georgia. You cannot lose the turnover margin, and you definitely can't lose it by three. And they had injuries as well. There was a couple injuries happening on the offensive line, which they were already struggling against that top Georgia line. Andrew Conker went out for a little bit. He did return, but if you're out for a little bit after the first quarter, you don't return until later on in the second, you know that you're not going to be 100%, and I'm sure he wasn't throughout this one. And when you're playing guys like Jalen Carter, you need to be 110%, let alone 100% uh, on that offensive line. TCU was just completely outmatched on on that line of scrimmage and it showed every down max was running for his life i mean there was just so many throws that he just couldn't make that we've seen him make all season long because he just didn't have the time to set or throw or just do anything in this one and uh, it really showed i i have a little question marks now about max duggan because can he throw in the pressure a little more maybe at that next level because that was probably his first test at some next level defensive uh, lines now in the professional league, he's going to have a professional offensive line as well. So um, just a just a thing to throw out there. Um, I have been all on Max Dugan all year, but he really didn't. He had a hard game this this week in this one against Georgia, and this offensive line did not help him whatsoever. No, and I think for the first time this year, it seemed to me that he could not read the defense. I mean, I, I think that was what made him special all through the season. No matter what he, they threw at him, he was able to adjust. He was able to read the defense at the line of scrimmage. And again, that's a tribute to you know Kirby Smart's whole defensive philosophy. They will always just change something just a little bit from possession to possession, where it, in theory, it's the same defensive scheme, but maybe somebody's you know, start maybe dropping back in coverage, you know, five yards that you hadn't seen that before. And he just didn't seem to be able to figure out what Georgia was doing. I mean, we talked about Georgia getting the matchups that they wanted. And, uh, but TCU just did not, I think TCU was hoping to get a lot of one-on-one coverage, you know, in the secondary, because, we talked about this again in the preview. If you're going to point to anything on the Georgia defense, the secondary is prone to give up big plays, you know, and, and Max Duggan led the nation in, in uh past connections of 50 yards or more. You mean by a pretty comfortable margin. So you would think that maybe they would have done that, but the, the way that they, you know, they, they game planned against TCU and bringing that pressure. He just, even if, even when there was one-on-one, the receivers recovered. There just were not. Did he force some balls? Yes, he did. I, I think any quarterback is going to do that. And I certainly, you know, when they go and sit down in interviews, they're going to come up and they're going to show him tape. And I, but I think Duncan's going to be able to say, hey, you know what? No, you know, looking back at this, I should have done this or should have done that. I think he's an intelligent enough quarterback that he's going to sort of salvage any damage that might have been done, as you pointed out, perhaps is are there questions about what he's going to do, you know, against NFL defenses. I think he's a smart enough quarterback to be able to now go back and look and say, okay. And again, we're not we haven't we're not watching the interviews right now because we're talking to the slasher you uh, viewers out there live. But I'm sure he's going to come up and say, look, it was on me. It was me. It, he's not going to point fingers or injuries or make excuses. He's going to say it was on me. I I did not make those plays. Yeah, I'm with you 100 on that one. Georgia had 589 
yards of total offense. I mean, just an absolute beating in this one. Only 188 for TCU on total offense, 152 passing, 36 rushing. We talked about Davis getting over 100 yards. Quentin Johnston had one reception for three yards. Georgia's secondary and Georgia defense did everything they could to stop their biggest threat on TCU, and that's exactly what they did. That really hurt, I think, their offense. I can I can see Sonny Dykes knowing that that was probably going to happen and game plan around not having Quentin Johnston being your number one target in majority of your plays, especially like your first 10 starting off. However, uh, one reception, three yards, that was not the game plan. They definitely needed no, to get him no, more involved, right. and they just couldn't. I mean, it was just not a good sign for them whatsoever. They were two for 11 on third down efficiency uh, compared to nine for 13 on Georgia's side. Again, Georgia just did a really good job here. We talked about Georgia and how we both think they're going to probably be the number one team in the offseason. Here's another question I have for you. How about TCU? Now, obviously, they were the numbers. They were projected to go seventh in the Big 12 this season in the coaches poll. Do you think that they get smart? The coaches poll changed their mind and give them the number one in the coaches pool in the big 12 next season, or are they not the favorites now because of who they're losing because of some of the up and coming teams like Kansas state, Texas, things like that. Is TCU the favorite, even in their own conference uh, this coming season? I think that question cannot be answered till we see what they bring in through the transfer portal. And I can't believe that we say this with about almost every team we talk about, well, we have to see what happens to the transfer portal. But I mean, TCU did, especially, you know, you know, on the defensive side and even on the offensive line part, they were veteran players. These were five-year players, four and five-year players. They're going to have to replace those guys. So I, th I think it's going to be really important for them to aggressively hit that transfer portal and try to, and now, of course, I mean, they had the stage. They can say, okay, fine. We, we, we got beat. You can help us come back next year and win the national championship game because they got themselves. You know, I think Sonny Dykes bought himself a lot of credibility with the job that he did with how he was always, always had his players back, you know, and, and, and he just preached, you know, be calm. I, I wouldn't say, okay, yes. I mean, you can say, okay, but you're looking was, was a little jittery back there. He, he needed to create play. So again, he was going to be a, a little jittery and try to force things. But as a team, I don't know that they necessarily were hanging their heads. You know, I, I mean, I think they still tried to come out and tried to execute. They, they just got manhandled. Sometimes you just have to say, okay, you know what? Well, we just got beat by a better team, but learn from that and go forward. So TCU, if they have a pretty strong showing in the transfer portal, I haven't looked at the recruiting class yet. I meant to do that today. Uh, but you would think I would plan that far in advance since we're talking about the national championship game. I would have thought of that, but of course I did not. Um, but I, I think if, if they get up to an early start in the transfer portal and start bringing in some pretty coveted players uh, to replace whatever they're going to lose either to graduation or uh, eligibility, just running out. Then I think then, yes, you have to put them at number one, but look at when we were looking at the big 12 going into the year, we were saying, well, why isn't Baylor getting any love? Right. You know, and we were looking at all these teams, the teams we were really talking up kind of got their doors blown off, you know, at, at certain points during the year. So I, I think TCU certainly can't be dismissed. And I, you know, and, maybe TCU 
Sure, they're going to want to win the Big 12. They want to go back, but maybe it's sort of a retooling year because then in 2024, you've got the expanded playoffs. So now you don't necessarily have to win the Big 12. You can be in the top two in the Big 12. And as long as you're ranked, you know, and and, and your, uh, your analytic scoring comes out pretty well from the committee, you could still get into the playoffs and then anything goes once you get in the playoffs, as in a lot of ways they proved, you know, when they beat Michigan. Not only is the expanded playoffs coming in 2024, they're also losing Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. So teams like TCU, I think, are going to become the front runners in the Big 12 when they do retool that conference. And especially where they started right now, and they're bringing over some Alabama transfers and Sunny Dykes heading mm-hmm. into year two. I mean, I can see them totally being at the top of the conference. I, I just think that they... You know, when we're talking about maybe preseason polls and the coaches poll, maybe someone might shift them and move them down to second or third. I could totally see that happening and 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 see a very good reason for it. I'm kind of almost hoping it happens because I feel like it'd be a great story to talk about a great narrative this offseason. Although we're going to have plenty to talk about this upcoming season. Yeah, but do you think Sonny Dykes really cares? No, no way. I mean, I mean down it, deep, he, when he goes into his meetings and says, "Boys, we have to, we have to try harder because you know the writers only think we're 30. He could give a damn what the writers say, you know. And I think he proved that. I mean, everybody was dismissing him, saying, oh, "Well, this is his first year, and you know, I mean, what kind of coach is he? He he left, he turned his back on SMU to take the TCU job, and you know, what was he thinking? Well, obviously, he he thinks pretty well." It worked out for him. It's definitely working out for him on the Sunny Dyke side, even though he didn't get the win in this one. What a great season for TCU. You have to still give this a, a fantastic season for the Horned Frogs. Again, preseason ranked seventh in the Big 12. They were unranked. They were the first team in a very long time to go unranked and make it to the national championship. Uh, they had an opportunity to get their first national championship until 1938. That just didn't happen. They were very far away once this game got started. Really, after about halfway through the first quarter, it was safe to say this one was all but over. As for Georgia, back-to-back, Kirby Smart, we talked about at the beginning of the show, his one word was aggression. Well, now he's a back-to-back national champion as a head coach. He was already a part of that 2010 squad. With Alabama, he he was back-to-back, so he has four national championships on his belt. However, Kirby Smart is building a dynasty in Georgia. We talked about the Alabama teams in the early 2000s, 2010s. It's Georgia's turn now. This is a dynasty. There's no doubt about it. How long can this team continue to be at the top of not just the SEC, but all of college football, Steve? Uh, Well, uh, certainly the foundation's already there. Um, He took, as he was members of those stabs, on some of those great Alabama teams, yeah, he, he he's take he's taken a lot of Saban's playbook, but he doesn't he doesn't just kind of cookie cutter it in. He makes adjustments based on the talent that he has and that he's brought in, and it makes it work. I mean, when I was watching their defensive effort, my mind kept drifting back to those Alabama teams, you know, and, and how they always seemed. In the, in the big moments, had a perfect game plan, and certainly on the defensive end of the ball, those teams were great. Georgia, uh, I guarantee you that that you know that the, that the Falcons are trying to recruit the entire Georgia defense because I mean maybe they'll get back to a Super Bowl and and, and match up well, uh, in, you know, in the near future with that defense. Uh, defense wins championships, right? You know, and and maybe. 
that's where I kind of lost uh, objectivity because I was so focused on some of their struggles, you know, offensively earlier and 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 that, and I, I ignored how good that defense was, and it was great all year. I mean, I mean, it had all year. It's it had its moments giving up big plays, but I mean, overall, it was great all year, and and. In this day and age, everybody gets focused on, you know, the offensive, you know, explosiveness, you know, the Tennessees and, you know, and, and LSU and, and, you know, and some of the wild scores that we see coming out of the Pac-12. Everybody gets enamored by that. Caleb Williams, again, great, great player. Where was USC? They were not in the national championship team. You know, yeah, because their defense was rough. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, so, you know, you know, Oklahoma, I mean, certainly offensively, Oklahoma, I think, played well enough that they could have been in contention. Their defense was non-existent. I don't, I don't want to even say there were traffic cones that were out there for Oklahoma. I mean, it was just there was just nothing there. There were like little X's like like, on, on, like Bugs Bunny cartoons where they used to paint the X where the treasure was and it'd be floating everywhere. That's really all that Oklahoma did on defense as well. So I. Uh, yeah. You, they have to be the favorite from a scheduling standpoint. They're you know generally in the SEC um, until you know until some more teams come in. There's sometimes is uh, an imbalanced schedule as far as the talent you're facing the next year. I think Georgia is going to benefit from their schedule going forward. So, so really, I think I heard a couple of times you know on the telecast and because I was bouncing around from the different. Uh, Productions and ESPN did a really nice. We we should say that too. ESPN did a really nice job with this one. I, I wasn't as thrilled about some of their other coverage and other, but with this game, I thought that they did just a tremendous job, uh, and, and they should be credit you know credited for that. That that command central feed, which was on ESPNU, was terrific. Every possible stat that you could ever be wondering about was popping up on your screen before you could even say, well, I wonder what's happening here. It was popping up on your screen. So they did, a, they did a great job with that. That's awesome. I didn't get a chance to see that. I stayed on the main main feed the whole time. I just still thought that was a great production as well. Uh, I'm still shocked that Lee Corso put a TCU hat on his head at the beginning of this one. But, hey, uh, you know, I've seen him do crazier stuff on college game day. Uh, it was just a fantastic game, and even though it was a blowout. I mean, we, we got a good national championship. We got a lot to talk about this offseason. We're going to see Georgia and how they're going to retool because, I mean, just alone, their defensive front, we're going to see half of them get drafted in the first round of the NFL yep. draft coming in April. Uh, for, as for TCU, I'm interested to see who moves on, who comes in. We obviously saw a couple Alabama transfers come in. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more. Sonny Dykes did a great job building that program in just one year. Imagine what he can do in a full offseason. He's right. going to have that opportunity to do so. And maybe they can find themselves back into Big 12 Pater and get themselves back into uh, contention for being in the top four yet again. Um, yeah, hey, one, hey, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Can you pull up Drixley's first comment again? Yeah, sure. It said, good for the dogs, but it just seems like TCU getting there was a total fluke. If you're out there, Drixley, I would love to maybe have you, you know, you know elaborate on that because – I, I I don't know how you can sit and say it was a fluke. I mean, they just got overmatched. They I mean they got outplayed in one game. For TCU, as you just pointed out, Christian, to come as far and evolve into 
a nationally dominant program in just one year without a full offseason because, I mean, basically he had to kind of scramble from the recruiting standpoint, uh, Sonny Dykes did. I, I, I don't know that you can call them a fluke. Yeah, I, I can see that. Big picture, I can see that. But if you're just talking about if you if you've only if you've lived under a rock maybe or if you have only seen the like maybe the last month of college football and you saw TCU you, you just saw the, the scores of them just sneaking by just getting a field goal to beat Baylor on a run on field goal uh the the storylines of being a Cinderella team all season long losing in the Big 12 championship uh if you if you saw all that stuff and you thought they didn't deserve to be there I could see why you could still make that. Okay, they're a fluke. Yes, they did beat Michigan. You can't take that away from them, by the way. Right. They beat Michigan uh, in the semifinals, and and they did have some turnovers that won their way, but they beat Michigan. But going into this game, I can understand why maybe someone will say it's a fluke because what we saw in the semifinal games by all four teams, the semifinal games were obviously better. A lot of people are going out on social media right now and saying the Georgia-Ohio State game was truly the national championship. Uh, and no, obviously, no. yeah, oh. I mean, because it's a it's a one point game and Ohio State led and Georgia came back and and it was a fantastic game. And you can't you can't deny that that game was better than this one because it truly was. Both well, of the yes. semifinal games were better than national championships. So uh, and then you can even have some people going out there saying they think Ohio State's still the better team, uh, which I disagree with wholeheartedly. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not with you. I don't think TCU is a fluke. I do think they had a great season. They just were outmatched by Georgia. Uh, there was just obviously. What we found this year is that there is one tier uh, above all else, and it's the Georgia Bulldogs. And then there is a gap. There's a jump that takes about 20 feet to get to. And then there's the rest of college football. Even though the Ohio State gave them a run for their money last week, uh, on any given Saturday or Monday night, if you will, I don't think any team in college football would have even ran with the Georgia Bulldogs tonight. No, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, honestly, I think Michigan would have had even a harder time in, in this one. I, nobody was going to beat Georgia the way they played tonight. And then, you know, what I haven't heard yet, but I'm wondering how long it's going to take, is that who's going to mention, oh, they're like Cincinnati or they're like any other, or some of the Notre Dame teams, you know, yeah. oh, they're like that. I mean, they I mean, they were really one not. One hit wonder, if you will. Yeah, they're, they were really not worthy of, you know, uh, being playing in a playoff game. Yeah, I think you're going to hear all of it this offseason. And I think that, you know, if you can make the argument, go for it, sure. Because I think you're going to have people who can have a valid argument after watching this performance on Monday night by this TCU squad. Because they can be completely honest, the squad we saw tonight was not what we saw with TCU all season long, but that's the finished product. That's what we get to the taste all off season long, Steve. We get to see top-notch Georgia doing everything that they did completely right and a team with TCU who we come in with these hopes thinking if the clock strikes midnight, they might be able to fit that glass sl slipper mm -hmm. and be able to get an upset. Well, that obviously wasn't the case. Now all off season long, we're going to think about TCU just getting absolutely blown out on national television in front of millions and millions of fans watching in the national championship game. So, I mean, I can completely see everybody talking, you know, to, till the cows come home that TCU was overmatched. TCU was maybe the next Cincinnati fuel one hit wonder. And, and like you mentioned earlier, it could be a year where maybe next year it is a retooling year because of the people they lost. I think it might be completely different. 
If you look at the four-star, five-star recruits they have on their team this year, we're already talking about them having more just based on the Alabama transfers. Transfers, right. Right, all three of them. Yep. So if you talk about that skilled players mean more, and we kind of have to make that argument that in the favor of, yeah, those four-star and five-stars mean a lot because look at what Georgia just did to the Horned Frogs. Well, if you're if you're put, making that argument, TCU is then therefore going to improve and be a better squad come next season. Right, and what is that telling you? These aren't five star recruits coming from, I mean, good teams, but I mean they're coming from Alabama. They're coming from the Crimson Tide program, which basically, until Georgia now has their star ascended, they're the gold star. They are the pro. There was the program that everybody needed to match up about to. And then, to a certain degree, it was kind of Clemson, you know, for a little while. While well, Clemson is the standard that all that NCAA teams need to be measured up against. These are players that early on, again, they're not making a a spring decision. They're deciding early on within the first couple of weeks of the transfer portal being open to come to TCU. So I I, I think it bodes really, really well, you know, for the Horned Frogs going forward. I, I, I I just hate to see this season be tainted by this game. It was a bad game every team has a bad loss this was a bad time to have your worst loss of of the year there but if i'm not mistaken tcu had the strongest strength of schedule of any of the four teams in the playoff and that includes and that includes georgia who plays in the sec which i think everybody has to agree as much as as painful as it is to even say is the best football conference in the country yeah, easily, easily. And it makes sense why maybe some of these teams do give their quote unquote cupcake games inside because they have to play some really tough teams, you know, in their actual conference the Tennessee right. and Alabama, things like that. It really makes sense sometimes why they do that. Um, yeah, but I, I'm with you. TCU had a great season. I don't want to take that away from them, but all nods should go to Georgia and being back to back national champions. All right, let's wrap this one up. This was fantastic. Thanks for joining us. We see that we got some nice viewers in here. Next time you join us, give us some comments. Let's join the this discussion um we're going to be here we're going to do a lot more live shows uh for you at slasher you if you're just if you're new to the show check out our page hit like and subscribe while you're there we have plenty of content coming out every single day college sports college basketball college football and we have college baseball and softball as well coming up this season let us know again georgia defeating tcu going 15 and 0 in this one 65 to 7 it was an absolute blowout back-to-back national champions for stenson bennett kirby smart and the Bulldogs. This is a good one. You can go ahead and find us at on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Rao Report, and you can find Steve at Feckless Wonder. Join the conversation. We'll have a good time all throughout the offseason, and uh, if you're a college basketball yeah. fan, go ahead and join us there too because we're giving you content about it every single day. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll be back here with another episode soon, but again, Georgia defeating TCU 65-7. to 7.